Are you new to the indie publishing world? Do you want to know if self-publishing is right for you? You've come to the right place, where you'll find tips, tricks, and the answers to the questions you've always had about writing, marketing, and self-publishing. Welcome to the Hot Mess Writer's Life. Help for the indie author with me, Lynn Howard. y'all welcome back it is lynn howard the hot mess writer's life and i have dr dawn minge on the podcast with me today i pulled up her uh author bio so i can actually read it properly to you guys this time dr dawn minge has won 70 international awards as the published author of the queen vernita's educational series and dragon's breath including the Spe- special recognition champion award from conquering disabilities with film best written word from miracle makers film hollywood dreams film and international author boss award from Con- Con- I'm sorry, from Power Conversations magazine. Her published works also include the six federal individual education plan goals and the effectiveness of their implementation in preparing for transition. Dr. Dawn Minch has a PhD in education. She specializes in curriculum and instruction. She also holds a master's and a clear credential in moderate severe disabilities and a bachelor's degree in human development. Dr. Don, Don Minge has been teaching students with severe cognitive delays for over 20 years and mentors or lectures graduate students. Dr. Don Minge is the mother of three and the grandmother of six beautiful grandchildren. And I got to tell you, doctor, uh, that makes me exhausted reading that. You... <laughs> You've put in some work. (laughs) I've been a little busy. (laughs) That's a lot of years of education right there. Yes. (laughs) Now, what led you to special education? You know, I'm not really sure. Um, I started, when I started junior college, I had three little kids. And my husband and I, my ex-husband and I were going to school together. He was a fireman, a well-done firefighter. And I started taking um, child development classes. I actually got my preschool credential first. And when I graduated, I got a job at Head Start. And that um, I got sick, so it didn't work out. So I got a job at a preschool, and I didn't like it. The, the children were there 12 hours a day. And, you know, it really wasn't what I wanted to do. When I had been getting um, my a, my AS, I got it in business, actually, Um I worked in my mom's kindergarten classroom. She was a kindergartner, te- kindergarten teacher for um, like 22 years or something. And so you could take a co-op class and get credit for volunteering. I was able to go in and she taught me how to be a really good teacher. And I got to take my little girls with me, which, of course, I couldn't afford babysitters. So that's well, that's a perk. <laughs> yes. that's You know, and they learned a lot, too. And so I actually my mom loves to tell this story. But when I was pregnant with my third my third child, um, Jeremy, I went to the doctor and the doctor was 45 minutes from my house. And so I had my two little girls with me and my ex-husband at that point was um he was working in construction and he was in down in San Diego, which is about two and a half hours from me. And so the doctor started my labor and told me to go home. Well, there was no one at home and it was 45 minutes from the hospital. So I showed up in my mom's classroom and I was having contractions about um, every minute. Oh, my <laughs> so, god! So I was sitting in her classroom in labor, active labor and working a center. <laughs> with the, with the little ones. And my girls were there and her principal came in and, and told her she had to leave, you know, you need to take her back to the hospital. 
so we went, we stopped by the bank, you know, <laughs> so we ended up going and, and I had him uh, rather quickly after that. Uh, my ex-husband barely made it, but so it was kind of like a family thing, <laughs> but wow. so I did that. I, you know, I started in the preschool and someone told me that there was an opening in the special ed classroom. And so I, I put in my application and I didn't turn in my TB test because I really wasn't sure about it. And people were, you know, of course, telling me stories, you know, about how people got hurt in the classrooms. But I finally did it. And I had two excellent mentor teachers that helped me when I first started. And so I continued working. Um, My children went to the same schools that I was working in, thankfully. And I got finished my my bachelor's. And when I finished my bachelor's, uh, a classroom opened up. It was with the students that I was actually working with. They were going to go to the junior high and they needed a teacher. So I actually waited a whole year for that classroom to be ready before I became a teacher. And I kept my students the whole entire time. I had two amazing assistants um, and we did all sorts of just Everything we could think of, we did. We had a business, and they earned that. My students made these Christmas trees out of um, hangers and lights and garland, and we sold them. We recycled. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we we did. We did. We tried toll painting a little bit. Um, made lots of money that way, you know. And we got to go on lots of trips. We went to the beach. We went to. Um, Disneyland, you know, we went to some plays, some live plays, got all dressed up, just did all sorts of everything we could think of. And we also, I also got some grants and we had a snow ski program because I grew up in the mountains and I grew up skiing, snow skiing. And I wanted my students to have that same opportunity. So we did the adaptive ski program um, for, I believe it was four years. Um, And then I turned my my books that I write, my children's books were actually an assignment getting, while I was getting my credentials in my math class. So I decided to actually publish it. But at first it had my students in it. And it was it's based on the calendar skills, days of the weeks, months of the years and the seasons. And every month is a new friend and seven activities. And so I actually named it after my student, Queen Victoria. And we turned it into a little skit. I got a grant from Cal Poly. And we went around to the elementary schools and we did the skit and um, I would go back the next day and kind of explain my students' behaviors or, you know, what we were doing. And it was actually published in the Exceptional Parenting Magazine. This was a long time ago, but that's kind of how I started. And then I decided I wanted to publish the book. I named it after my grandmother and put all of the children in the family um, thinking that, you know, they're not going to they're not going to care. They're, they're all kids. And it immediately started winning awards and getting interviews. And now the queen has 13 published books out. And oh, wow. Yeah. So it's turned into something really, um, I didn't imagine anything when I first published it. I was just publishing the book. And, right. you know, now it's turned into quite, quite a big thing. You are the kind of teacher I wish my kids had had. I adopted three <laughs> kids and they all came with disabilities and we were in the top notch, you know, school district of Missouri. They had my daughter in a self-contained classroom folding laundry. And I'm like, she does that at home. We, we moved to this tiny little town and they pushed her and pushed her. She was in regular classrooms with a para, of course, but yes. she was in regular classrooms. She graduated high school, you know. 
it, I wish I could have had a teacher like you for my kids. Well, I do have a self-contained classroom because my students are severely handicapped. We have a lot of behaviors. Um, but that's one reason my dissertation is written on the federal goals, which are transition goals. So my specialty is working in the community. My students go out, they work at CVS, they work at Walgreens. Um, we've been working with uh, the local mountain hardware for, it has to be 13, 14 years now. And when I lived closer to them, my students would go into their store and, you know, stock the shelves, water their plants, that type of thing. And then I was transferred. All my students grew up. We went all through junior high, high school, and then I had an adult center in the community. And um, we went, we, they went to college from there. They worked in, uh, we have a lot of pizza places. So they worked in all the pizza places. They had food handlers cards, you know, and that's when our business was really moving a lot. And we did all of our activities and then they all grew up. And so um, I was moved to a different school, school district and I kind of had to start over. And so it is self-contained, but I do a lot of things outside of um, the, the school itself. We do a lot of community activities. Um, Thursday, we have the prom. And so we're going to get all dressed up and it's during the day. So we go down to the other high school and we're going to have a prom during the day. And before COVID, <laughs> we had the prom and it was Alice in Wonderland. And my oh. students my students were king and queen. And they actually made the front page of the newspaper. It just came up today on my memories. <laughs> That's, so well, I was going to say, please tell me you're going to post pictures on your Facebook because yeah, I want to see I this. just reposted the memories from 2019. They were the front page of the newspaper. They were all excited. Um, so they've actually been, my students have been in the newspaper several times um, for working in the community, the ski program. When we were at the um, high school, they, they recycled and made the, the Christmas trees. And we actually went to SeaWorld and went swimming with the dolphins. And my students paid for it. And, you know, they earned their own money. And all of the parents got to come and we put wetsuits on and went in. And, and I was homeschooling a little girl who had actually become paralyzed. And so she had to work with her OT therapist and her physical therapist to be strong enough to go and... She went and her little sister came and they actually hoisted her down into the pool so she could touch the dolphins. So it was it was an amazing experience. I think I love you. <laughs> I think I love you. I, just, I wish there was so many more people. I, I worked for a disabled home, you know, it I don't know if it's still called this or not, but it used to be called Association for Retarded Citizens. And it was oh. houses of adults. Uh -huh. So like I worked in a woman's house and we had was it six women? And a few of them were nonverbal. And, you know, we just had to learn their behaviors and what, what it was that they were trying to get from us. But I, you, you have done, oh my gosh, you, you make me tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, now, I love doing it. And I've had great teams with me. You know, I cannot do any of the things I'm doing if I didn't have the assistance that I had. You know, they all worked really hard and they... I had a, one team when I was in, in the one district, I had an assistant who loved being out in the community and she'd go to the businesses and she'd get, get them to donate the hangers and, you know, let us come in there and work. We worked at um, Pizza Hut and my students would set up the, the salad bar and 
it was like three of them would go and work and the rest of us would walk over and we'd have lunch, you know, and our students would serve us. And so we do that every Friday, you know, and now I moved and it, it takes a little while to get a good fit with the assistants, but I've had several of my assistants for like nine years and, you know, you have to be able to trust them to send them out in the community with your students when you're not there. Um, so it takes it takes a good team to be able to a do village. The, yeah, yeah, to do the village. kinds of things that we like to do. Right. Now, were you interested in writing before you wrote this book with your students? No, no. When I was younger, I kind of tossed it around a little bit when we when I was like a child and I wanted to write a book about a dog, I think it was, but not seriously. Um, even when I published the Queen Vernita book, I was getting divorced and I just thought, you know, this is, I wanted something positive to think about. So I thought, well, I'll just publish this book. And so I did. And, you know, it, it turned into something very different than I had imagined. And it really kept my, my mind focused on moving forward and not thinking about what was going on in you know, in my life. And I love to travel. So I got to go to Kona, Hawaii. I had a friend I grew up with and he had moved there and his wife grew up there. So I spent a lot of time, like every six months I'd fly over there. And I actually wrote two books on his family. And my son actually got married he, um, on the island and they came and they helped, they helped them set up the wedding and all of my children. And I think I only had one, I had a two grandchildren at that time, I think. And we all went as a family. So we spent uh, their honeymoon with them. <laughs> but we had a great time because he would take us all the places that were not touristy. So right. we hiked down to the bottom of a lava tube and went swimming. You know, we swam with the sea turtles and we just did a lot of really fun stuff. I'm the opposite. I don't like to travel. I can't fly because I have a migraine disorder oh. and I cannot stand to be in a car. I hate road trips. Oh. I hate road trips. Oh. So I'm, I'm a homebody. Uh, there are places that I want to go someday. I'd love to see Hawaii, but I really want to see the Grand Canyon. Oh, yes. I want to see the Badlands. And I want to, what was the other one? My husband and I were, oh, Scotland. We're trying oh. to say our 20-year tw- wedding anniversary. We're going to go to Scotland. So we've got five years left okay, to save up for that. That's quite a flight. <laughs> yeah, hopefully by then, five years. I mean, they've been developing treatments left and right. Oh, good. So that one book spawned an entire writing career. Yeah, yeah, it did. Wow. Um, and you don't, but you don't write full time. You still teach. Yes, I teach full time. And I write during the COVID. When I first started, I had a goal of uh, publishing one book a year. And then, you know, stuff happens, you get busy and things happen. So over COVID, since we were teaching from home, I actually published six books. I kind of caught up a little bit. And um, so that's how my 13th book. Last summer, we went to Wyoming. I had a family I grew up with. And he wanted to know when we were writing the book about, you know, his, his life. And so I went out there and they showed me around. And so I'm halfway through the book, the illustrations are done and we're working on writing it. Um, this one, my co-author is my mom. And oh, see, that's so sweet. Yeah, she does a lot of things with me. And one of her goals, her life goals was to publish. And so she did publish a story um, through the, the library up here. And so now she's helping me to write this book. But she she's always been helping me with my books and my travels. I do a lot of things with Story Monster Magazine. 
It's an educational magazine out of Tempe, Arizona. I judge their literacy contests. I write book reviews for their magazine. And I do a lot of in-person events with them. And so she would always uh, go with me to Tempe and, and go to the events with me. And so she's been a great support. And so now she gets to be my co-author. I'm actually going to be interviewing my mom and my husband on how to support your creative loved one, because I've heard so many stories of people not having that kind of support. Yeah, it's it's hard at first. You know, people ask me like my kids because my kids are on my books, my grandkids, all of that. You know, we don't talk about it. Not really. It's like I'll say, um, well, in May, um, I'm going to be on the New York Times Book Review magazine. So they're going to feature me. And so I just, you know, told my children, oh, this is, this is what's going to happen. And they say, cool. And that's like the end of the conversation, you know, you know, it's just regular life for mom, you know, yeah, it's not something we, you know, I'll say, oh, look, here's your picture, you know? And so they know when we go on a trip that I'm thinking about a book or whatever, and, you know, they don't, we don't really talk about it. It's just something that we're doing, you know, something I'm doing and it's just part of, our life, but we're documenting our, our family, our family adventures. Um, and my books have been read all over the world, which is not something I had ever imagined. <laughs> if you can hear me, I muted you. Thank you. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, in the middle of a sentence and I, I moved and bumped the button. <laughs> you didn't want me to say it. <laughs> it was fate. So you're pretty much chronicling your lives with your family in these mm-hmm. children's books. Yeah. I love that. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Sharing our, our life adventures, our family adventures. Um, the one I published uh, over COVID was we took the train from Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon. And um, so I was going to write the book on the Grand Canyon, but then I needed some more pre-K books, pre-K to first grade. So I, and then after we went on the train, we came back, put our pajamas on and got on the Polar Express. And so it's a Christmas book and it's called Queen Vernita's Magical Christmas Train Ride. And, you know, it has all of my grandchildren in it. And there was a bandit he, they rode up on a horse on the train, got on the train, and they actually picked up two of my grandsons by like the back of their collars <laughs> and was holding them up. <laughs> and so the illustrations are made from actual pictures from my trips. Um, so. I love that. I love that. So the adult books, you do you is it only nonfiction books or do you not write adult books? I don't write adult books. <laughs> I only Have write you children's ever books. Thought about dabbling. Um, maybe for a second or two, not really. I, <laughs> you know, I, I like writing the children's books. I like watching, I've seen a lot of the children read my stories and the problem solving and things that they're doing. You know, I'm an educator, so that's what I'm doing. Maybe at some right. point I'll want to write an adult book. I have done some kind of some other things over COVID. I was a part of two anthologies. So I wrote like a chapter about one was about what I did during the pandemic. And then another one I wrote, I wrote about dating because I don't have great dating luck. (laughs) So I wrote a thing on my chronicling my dating life. And um, that was the one for the COVID was published in Ireland. 
And so now Isn't I'm Isn't that the most amazing feeling? Yeah. So now I'm an international author. Like I never thought I'd be doing that. But I did start down I write articles for magazines. A lot of times they're about special ed. So I had an interview with uh, the Greatness Engineering Show. It's for out of Australia. And I wrote an article about special ed for her magazine. Um, I Right now I'm doing something with a woman from South Africa. And I interviewed with her last week and just wrote an article about my books for her magazine. And um, so, you know, I've expanded worldwide. And, you know, that's just amazing. I never thought I would be doing any of that. I, I almost want to go on trips with you just to see if I would be in one of your books. <laughs> Can I be in one of the adventures? Sure, whatever you like. I love, I just love that you. it's it's all based on your family. I love that. Well, I've family, tried to write children's books and I just can't. Well, they're based on my family, my friends and my students. So it's, you know, it's pretty easy to write. You're right. You're writing about your own adventures and the people in your life. So, you know, that part's really kind of easy. They're all based on some uh, remote, mo- oh my gosh, <laughs> rote learning. So they all have the same format. Every month is a new friend and a new subject, and then there's seven facts per subject. So if someone likes sharks, they'll get a little tidbit of sharks, and then they'll go, um, they can look look it up if they want more information. Um, I wrote one with my brother. He's an astronomer at Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And so that one's on astronomy, and he's got the crazy hair and the bunny slippers and um, those are some of the ones I <laughs> entered into the conquering disabilities um, because I have the disabilities and then I have Down syndrome, cerebral palsy and visual impairments, hearing impairments, autism, Rett syndrome and so that's how they got into the conquering disabilities and now I have a couple of screenplays oh wow so, um, one just I entered one into the indie it was the indie fest and the astronomy one and it just got selected for the film festival congratulations so yeah that was like two days ago so um that's one thing i did when i started entering the film festivals and that's what people don't know is you can enter books into the film festivals you don't have to have a screenplay and so i entered my books and i entered my book trailers and so in july i went to um vegas and there was a big festival and they actually played my book trailers on the big screen which was exciting that is cool and uh, I won my I wrote a book on dragon's breath which is a story it's not part of the queen vernitas but it's a kingdom it's part of her kingdom it's just a different kingdom it's part of her land it's a different kingdom and this one was based on um, something that had happened to me I had someone who didn't want me dating someone and he she terrorized me for years in my house and the things she said to me and what happened. So I turn it into a story about a king and a queen and a bad dragon. And um, it's just the way I kind of like dealt with what happened to me. And it's it that's been read all over the world. And there's a lot of problem solving that goes on. You know, everybody tries to make the the dragon, you know, turn out to be good. She really didn't mean it. But yeah, she did mean it. And so the, the king had to, you know, send her away because she wasn't being nice to his subjects. But, you know, that I'm sure that that story will expand and we'll have some more 
um, I love that you about that. wrote about a dragon <laughs> and the king just kind of sent her away. And in my world, if you do me wrong, I just have you killed off yeah. in my books. So, <laughs> well, it's you a know. kid's book. So <laughs> didn't want to kill the dragon, you know. But my, I, I have... I have four nephews and two nieces, <laughs> and since they were little, they've been asking for a book. I have tried. I've tried children's. I've tried YA, and my 21-year-old niece is like, I can finally read your books. Oh, <laughs> can't write adult books. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, you do me wrong. I don't turn you into a dragon. I, I just, I have a <laughs> creature kill you off because I write paranormal. Ah. And I always said I would never do video during my podcast, but I almost wish I had because so, so you're going to see my face when you're like, oh, this chick was terrorizing me, so I turned her into a dragon. Well, she <laughs> called. Well, she called me. Uh, she was in a ministry, so she called me a dragon slayer, and so I made her a dragon. And she said I had a black cloud <laughs> over my house, which I didn't. But she was making all this stuff up. So she had my my neighbors. She was counseling my neighbors, apparently, and Lord. had them terrorizing me for like three and a half years. I finally had to sell my house. But um, so everything in the story, you know, is based on the things she said to me and the things that happened to me. So she kind of gave me the storyline. So, hey, thanks, lady. Yeah. But a lot of times the, the children, they, they can't deal with um, the fact that, you know, we didn't make the, the dragon remorseful and she she made it all better because sometimes we have you know we teach children if they do something bad if they say they're sorry then it's like okay but they have to learn that not everybody is sorry for what they did true yes and that yes. you can't keep everybody in your life when they're purposely doing things to hurt people right or to hurt you and you know that's been hard for the children that are reading the story to understand they always say, well, I don't think the dragon meant to do it. But there's an actual page in the book where after the, the – so the dragon was blowing this black smoke and killing the crops. So everybody becomes very sad and, you know, this is their livelihood. And so the dragon's actually watching the king be confused. The, you know, this, the subjects, the villagers, they're sad because their crops are dead. The dragon's actually watching this. So she knows what she's doing and she knows it's hurting people. So, you know, that's something that I pointed out in an interview is that the children need to understand that the dragon knows she's hurting people. It's not a mistake. And so, no, that at that point, the person doesn't get to stay in your life. Yeah, there are bad people. Yeah. And my, my kids, they never met a stranger, never met a stranger. So I started when they were younger, when I would see, you know, a normal, quote unquote, normal looking, you know, adult criminal, or even a good looking guy who committed a crime, I'd show them. I'm like, oh, he's, he's nice looking, isn't he? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he killed 22 people and buried him in the woods. <laughs> Because like, you know, you when you're a kid, you think yeah. bad people are monsters and they're going to look like bad people. And I have a lot of friends that are fully tattooed and I'm, I mean, up their necks and the sweetest, kindest people. Um, my husband is at a car club or was at a car club and we did toy drives. So you see all these rat rods and all these guys with tattoos and they're playing Santa Claus. And, and you know, it's I wanted them to know there are bad people in the world. And it's okay to say, no, you don't have to hug right. that aunt that wants you to hug them. You right. can say no. We have to teach them the boundaries, that they that they determine their boundaries. 
You know, exactly. if, if they're not if you comfortable feel- with someone, you know, and someone's telling them, you know, you should hug them or, you know, and, and we teach our children, especially our disabled children, um, you know, that their teachers or whoever they're with, Girl Scout leaders, you know, you know, that to trust, you know, they're, they're fine, but no, they're not always fine. And you have to listen to your instincts and you have to, yes. you have to be able to stand up for yourself. And so, you know, the dragon was lying to the king and he actually caught her doing it. And that's why he vanquished her. But, you know, th- that's just a hard concept for the children to understand, but it's something we have to learn. Unfortunately, more like younger and younger these days. Yeah, yeah. We were all taught stranger danger when we were kids. And turns out it's usually somebody you know or have right. met. Right. You know, my kids were always taught, even if it's grandma picking you up, if I don't call a school for beforehand and I don't tell you, you don't get in the car with them, even right. if it's grandma. Right. And that's a sad world that we live in now that we have to do that. Right. Yeah, it is. But now I am so super curious about something. Hmm. <laughs> Author Boss Award. What is that? Um, I was interviewed for and I wrote an article for um, Power Conversations magazine and they had an author boss um, contest. It was over Christmas and someone nominated me for it. (laughs) So it was actually really fun. Um, I did not win the top prize or whatever, but um, I did win the author boss award. And then they just they put in little thingy in there in her magazine about me. Um, and it was my magical Christmas train ride that somebody nominated me for. And so it was just a lot of fun. Um, it's just something she started with her magazine. So, but so, they, like one of those boss babe things, I was like, what is an author boss <laughs> award? And there was author boss international awards, but the other people that she was interviewing, they were, major, um, one was a publisher, you know, so, so they were major. So I don't know who nominated me. She wouldn't tell me, (laughs) but it was a lot of fun. And so, you know, another one. Do you have a muse, any animals that stay with you in your writing? Oh, no, I would, I would forget (laughs) that I had them. (laughs) Oh my, I have a cat outside too, but I, kind of adopted us. <laughs> he just, no. he showed up and he's like, we live here. So my husband put an air conditioner, uh, heater unit out there. So he's got climate control year round. <laughs> now, you so, know, when but, I was raising my kids, we had rabbits and hamsters and dogs and cats and, you know, now I, I live, uh, I live by myself and I'm hardly ever home. So, you know, it's kind of a joke. My my mom has a little dog and my brother has a dog. So when they go away, they're like, we're not leaving them with you. And I'm just like, no, because I'll forget. I'll forget I'm supposed to feed them. I'll let them go outside and I'll forget they're supposed to come back. You know, like I have stuff going on. You know, <laughs> That's, I'm not going to remember that. So, so I don't. I'm, I'm back homebound. I did have a part-time job for a minute. Um, and now I'm taking care of Kate and after school and then during the summer it'll be full time. But I'm full time writing again and podcasting oh, and YouTubing. Fun. Yeah. So I have the two girls and the cat is a new addition. I had no intention of getting an inside cat. And he's got one eye and I saw him and I fall in love. And that's <laughs> the end of the story. Aww. I did have three dogs. I lost one in July. She was only a year old. 
So we're going up on the year anniversary. I'm an animal person. My whole, my mom has four goats. She's down to one turkey because one, I guess, mating season just never came back. Uh, Two ducks, four hens, a rooster, I think seven cats and three dogs. She just lost one of her dogs. Dog was a a senior for senior. So she adopted him when he was ancient. So yeah, he was an old boy, but yeah, going to my mom's house is like going to a petting zoo. <laughs> I hear people taking field trips and paying for that. I'm like, you know, you can do it for free at my mom's. She's 15 minutes from here. <laughs> we all moved away from the town that we were born in, like literally went in different directions, north, south. You know, we went south. My mom and I did. I'm a country girl at heart. <laughs> grew, grew up in the suburbs, but I'm a country girl at heart. I just want to sit out in the quiet and listen to the crickets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I live in a small town in the mountains, and so... I'm not. Now, what, what you keep saying mountains? Where where are you? I live in Wrightwood. It's in Southern California. That is, I would not want to be in California right now. <laughs> Why? I keep hearing about the taxes. You guys keep getting tax hikes. Oh, goodness! My husband lived in South Dakota. So when you said mountains, I was wondering if you were up north or like in the Midwest north. Uh, no, um, it's Southern California. It's kind of. I don't know. It's kind of by Big Bear. It's like it's in the nope. It's in the okay. I'm shaking my head at you. Nope, no idea. <laughs> it's it's about two and a half hours from L.A. Okay, Up L.A. I know <laughs> towards Vegas. How's that? Towards Vegas. There you okay. go. That's another place I'd like to go. Is Vegas? But I don't want to gamble. Oh, I just want to see it. But there's so many other things to do besides gambling. Yes. There's there's concerts and shows yes there's just the hotels alone i want to see well i don't know if you stalked my page but i kind of have a thing for vintage anything from like the 40s to the 60s Oh, okay so i've never been there but my cousin was telling me that they have a speakeasy in vegas and and the the boss oh you know the crime bosses yeah museum for them i've never been there so awesome yeah so i don't I think it's in the old town of the old part of Vegas. I have never been there, but I would love to go to the speakeasy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that you could write a children's book on that one, no, could you? No, you know, I do adult things <laughs> I don't write about. <laughs> that I do do. <laughs> now, do you have any intention of ever retiring from teaching and just strictly writing full time? Uh, I don't know if I'll ever write full time. I um, Hopefully, I'll retire in a couple of years. But I also work at the college I lecture, and I would like to do that. I'd like to work with the new teachers and, you know, go into the classrooms and help mentor them. So I would like to do that. I don't know if I'll ever write, really write full-time. Um, it's still kind of something I do. I'd rather travel full-time, and then I'll write a book <laughs> or two. So I could do it that way. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a it's a, a toss-up there. You, get, you still get to travel, but you still get books out of it. Yeah, so you just keep writing the books, you know, and then, oh, I need to go here, I need to go there. You know, one thing we did over the pandemic, my daughter, my kids are almost in their 40s. I have six grandchildren now. So my daughter set up camping trips every month during the pandemic. So we went to the Grand Canyon, we went to Zion twice, went to the Sequoias. Um, we did a lot of camping down at the beach. In fact, we every year we go to a place called Halama Beach. It's on central coast of California. And I wanted, that's one of the books I published 
over the pandemic, it's on camping on the beach. So it has kite flying and boogie boarding. And there's an ostrich farm there. So they go and they feed the ostriches and there's raccoons. And they make an ostrich farm. Yeah. And so you can go there and you can feed the ostriches and the emus. And so I just published that one as something we do every year. I think we've been done it six years. They were actually there um, last week over my Easter break. And so I didn't get to go camping with them, but I stopped by and said hi. But um, so we did a lot of things. So I still have a lot of books I can write just just that. (laughs) Yeah, that's I never have a lack of ideas. I was Mm -hmm. in the middle of a series and another series bullied its way in. So I have a new release coming out actually this month. Um, So I had to, while it's in the editor's hand, I went back to the original series. Never a lack of ideas. No. (laughs) Now, something I talk about a lot on here is how to find time. Because one of the things I hear all the time is I want to write a book, but I just don't have the time. Because apparently I have more than 24 hours in a day than everybody else. (laughs) I don't know. Um, You know, I did this when I had kids home. And like I said, I had special needs kids and summer break and everything else. I still wrote books. So how do you budget your time? Have you found a routine to make sure you get that writing in? Well, I usually have to wait until I I get that, you know, that into, into that mode, I guess. And it could be a year after I've gone on a trip. I just don't have it quite settled in my head. So the illustrations actually, sometimes they take a year. She's getting faster now. So um, we got the illustrations done first for the recent one. And so my mom and I are trying to write it. And, you know, we are really busy. And so now we've started going to dinner. (laughs) So we'll go to dinner, get a salad and write a couple chapters. And so. Oh, fun. And so we were supposed to go back to Wyoming um, in the summer and bring them the book. But if we don't get it done soon, it won't be ready for this summer. And so that was our push for like this week. We've got it half written. We got to keep going. We still haven't done it this week. But, you know, it, it, it is it is hard. But if it's something you want to do, you find time. Like, I'll get up a little bit early in the mornings and get a bunch of stuff done on with my books before I go to work. You know, when I'm doing interviews that are um, in other parts of the world, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning doing an interview, and then I go to work. You know, you have to you have to make time for what it is that you want to do. And the one thing that people who are afraid to write, like they want to write, but they're afraid to put it out there. You know, no one wants to hear what I have to say. There's someone out there that wants to hear your message, whatever your message is. You know, I told my mom when talking about podcasts and books, I'm like, if you can think of it, there's a podcast for it. If you can think of it, there's a book for it. And if you can't find it, that means it's time for you to do it. Right. And, And especially when you're writing about yourself or things that have happened to you, it's easier. It's, I mean, it's harder to be public about it, but it's easier to share it because it's an experience you had. You aren't making it up. You know, you're not looking on the internet and just trying to go off of someone else's idea. It's, it's yours. And that's why the books are easy for me to write because it's my life. So it's easier to write. Um, you're not forcing right, that fiction to come out of you. You, you right. know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and it also for the readers, you know, I've had, 
I've had a family who was checking my books out. I think it was in St. Louis and somebody was interviewing me and he said, he's talking to his friend. And he, so she'd been checking my books out from the library. I didn't even know they were in the library there. <laughs> and so she actually got another job so she could travel with her son. And so you don't know. And that's one thing that writers, they don't know who's reading their books unless you make the effort to tell them, you know, who's reading them, what they're getting out of it you know, who it's affecting positively, sometimes negatively, but, you know, you need to tell, wow, I, you know, I've been reading your stories and I love them. Like, we don't know that. <laughs> we know people buy our books, but we don't know further than that. right? Yes. And, you know, we want to hear that. You know, I go to book events. I was doing the school district up here. They had the young authors conference and I would do it every year. And they, the children would come back and they'd say, oh, we read your book every night. Well, I would not know that unless I was doing the conference again. And they'll say, well, what book do you have this year? And, you know, I don't know these things. I'm just living my life. And unless someone's interacting with me, I have no idea, you know. So people have to I, talk. I came across a, a review from India that said I was their favorite author. And I was on cloud nine for like a week. India. Yeah. Somebody from India has heard of me and it trips me out. Right. So like you said, if you don't say something, leave a review, approach the author, message the author. We don't know and may not get any more books in that series or in that right. world in your case. If you don't say something, if you don't tell us you love it. Yeah. You know, like on Facebook, I don't get a lot of interaction on Facebook. And so a couple of years ago, I'm just going to like close it. You know, no one's talking to me. No one's. And then I'll see someone in person and they'll say, oh, yeah, we watch you every day. We want to know what you're doing and all this. But they're not talking to me on Facebook, you know, so you don't know what other people. But I, I got a review from India, too, for my camping my camping book, someone in India bought it and wrote a review. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's a trip. Isn't yeah, it? Like, it's neat. Yeah. Cause if you're anything like me, I'm just, I'm just Lynn. I'm just me. Right. It's, I just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in a spare bedroom that we call the studio right. to do this. And <laughs> then I'm going to go sit in the bedroom that I turn into an office. Right. And, you know, it's, we, we have normal lives, but it's funny because even though I know how not cool we are, <laughs> when I run into my favorite authors, I fangirl. <laughs> I fangirl. I'm a paranormal author. I started reading, you know, horror and stuff like that in fifth grade. Ooh, uh -huh. Don't tell my mom. But I found Anne Rice in seventh grade. So she is the one. My whole career, I always say, is because of Anne Rice. I had, just very short, email um, communication with her. I printed it out. <laughs> Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh my gosh, Anne Rice, you know, right. I know she's just like me. Right. You know, <laughs> we don't, I mean, she, yeah, she lived in a big old beautiful home, but we're not glamorous and right. tend to live in our, well, you have a big girl job, so I can't say you live in your pajamas. <laughs> uh, well, if I, I do when I can. <laughs> Christmas break, snow me in, I'm great, you know. Oh yeah. Last, oh yeah. Not this Christmas, but last Christmas I watched um, the originals. And what's the other one that goes with the originals? There's Legacies, Vampire Diaries, and the originals. I haven't watched Legacies. Okay, so I watched Vampire Diaries. Just binge watched it totally for days because I was snowed in. I'm like, perfectly happy. 
I, you know, when I get when I get flare ups with my migraines is when I, I tend to binge things. And I did the same thing with Vampire Diaries. I couldn't get into the originals. We actually just finished, and it's a few years old. Vikings, the TV show. I tried to watch that. I didn't. I didn't. I, I just got to oh. watching The Crown. I liked that. Um, well, you write children's books. I don't know that Vikings <laughs> would be for you. It wasn't. Yeah, and my family is into zombies really bad Me for too. a while. And yeah. I, I don't do zombies. We watched um, The Walking Dead. We'd have this Sunday night. When I was growing up, we would have Disney on Sunday night. My yes. mom would make potato soup. We'd be done camping because we camped a lot when I was little. And we'd sit in front of the TV eating potato soup, watching Disney. So when my grandchildren were growing up, my children did The Walking Dead night. <laughs> Sounds like my house. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like zo- those zombie movies. It's like everybody's dying. It's like it's <laughs> – so I would well, just – I would go and play with the grandkids. <laughs> well, and I can handle – like I love action, horror. Like I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in violence in real life, oh, no, no. Yeah, no. no. It, and just like everybody was dying. I When I was a teenager, I loved the horror movies, you know, all of that. Still do. I st- that's If my husband and I are sitting down for a movie, he'll just look at me and he knows – I guess by my face, what I'm in the mood for, and he'll hunt for a horror, horror movie for me. It's my favorite action and <laughs> horror. Very, very rarely I will seek out a romance. I would say my girliest thing that I do is Bridgerton. Oh, I was watching that last night. I just not, yeah. It's not really realistic. <laughs> no, but it's it's just so sigh worthy. And I'm, you know, I'm a parent, I'm a romance writer. So we just pretend that it's research. You go camping. I, you know, watch romances. (laughs) See, that's what people ask me all the time. If my books are based off of real, uh, my real life, kind of like yours, you Uh know, or kind of are. Um, As far as I know, I've never slept with a shifter or a vampire. (laughs) I don't, I mean, maybe they may erase my memory, but it's the it's fiction. It's called fiction yes. for a reason. Now you said the conventions. Can we expect to see you anywhere else? Do you only do California or do you travel around? No, I travel around. I've done uh, book signings in probably about six or seven different states. When I first got the astronomy one out, a friend of mine bought one for each. Her son was in kindergarten. I kept telling her, it's too high for them. And she's like, no, this is the book I want. So she bought like 30 of them or something. And my mom and I flew to New York City. She lived on Long Island. And her husband managed iCarly. So they lived in this huge mansion on Long Island. Oh, and I can't wait to tell my daughter that. <laughs> we, we, we slept in the maid's, the maid's room. <laughs> wow. And so she's the, she was the sweetest person. They came from our little town, sweetest person. So I went to the private school and thinking, you know, oh, they're going to be like really high. And they were, they were doing, they were in kindergarten. So they're doing the exact same thing my mom had been teaching in kindergarten. <laughs> so they wow. weren't teaching them anything different, but I went and did a book reading with the class and had a great time. And then we did a book reading on a bookstore that was there. And um, I kept telling her, the book's too long. I don't want to read it. She's like, well, I'm going to read it. So I went ahead and read it, you know, but that was like one of my first really, you know, big events. Um, I'm actually going to sign up for uh, Payson, Arizona has a book festival in one of their casinos. So I'm going to sign up for that. Just now starting to get back into doing the in-person things. I went to one two weeks ago here. It was for a library in, in San Bernardino and- 
It was the art fest. So I, I went to that one and I do, I have a friend, he's, um, he's an illustrator. He's a cartoonist. He's called, he's part of the cartoonist across America. And so I met him at, his wife was the librarian. So I met him, gosh, like 12 years ago. And so he's been coming to my classroom and painting murals with my students and come to find out, I didn't know all this about him, but he had um, painted a mural on, at the White House. And wow. he did five for the um, the towers that were taken down when he was oh, doing wow. his cartoonists across America. And he's he's done uh, murals in Paris and all sorts of places. So, And he's just, a real, they're both really neat and they like working with my students. And so now they're getting me some um, book events. I have one in Santa Paula at the end of the month. And so I'm doing some stuff with them. So that's one thing you just, you just start meeting people and, you know, that you're networking with them and then they do one thing and, you know, and so, you know, you just have to be open. That's, uh, see, I'm I'm an extroverted introvert. I prefer not to talk to people, but I (laughs) can't. You know, I can, uh, my mom always laughs about me being an empath because people will just start up a conversation out of the blue and tell me their whole lives. Like, and I just sit there and I smile and I, you know, okay, like, I, don't, I don't want to do this. I want to go back home now. You know. <laughs> well, you know, it might be that you're, you're very sensitive. And so you can feel like I can feel people. And sometimes, you know, that little voice inside of you is going off inside of me. And I have no idea why, like, why is this person making me feel that way? And then later I find out something. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I was feeling, but I don't know what I'm feeling or why I'm feeling it. You know, it's called empath. You're an empath. Yeah. And so you can feel things that other people don't feel. And so sometimes it is overwhelming. When I did my first interview, which is the one he was at, the local TV station was there. So this was like 12 years ago. And they were, he was, they were going around interviewing the authors and I saw the camera and the microphone. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, don't come over here. No, like, like I told you <laughs> through messenger, I am not putting my makeup and hair. I'm not doing it for the camera. Well, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad that you told me because I would have came home and do that. And sometimes I do that and it's just audio. And I was like, oh, I could have just been in my pajamas. No, <laughs> no. I was painting shortly before getting on here. <laughs> So I'm wearing my paint. I mean, if you saw how many colors, I don't know why I cannot paint a room without covering myself. Mm-hmm. And half the time, like it's on my forearms. And you're not how doing you it paint right on your forearms. <laughs> my gosh. In your I'm, hair. About to, I'm about to repaint all the upstairs of the whole house because the kids are gone. My kids all Ooh. moved out. Oh. So now mama can have a pretty house. <laughs> oh, it's so a, it's a big- I, own, I don't think you and I are ever going to cross paths at conventions because of the conventions I do. <laughs> no, but you know what? The library I just went to, there was only three children's authors and the rest of them were um, adult, adult romance, yeah. paranormals, the whole thing. So I went to a festival in Vegas and my son went with me and I do not know why they did this, did this but they put me in the section with the erotic romance oh, authors Lord. and my son's like um no kids are going to come over here mom why did they put you over here and i'm like i have no, no idea so no. yeah you know there was no children coming <laughs> no so that is you never know <laughs> i wouldn't even want my baby seeing the covers of erotica i have no yeah. problem with erotica 
I read it myself, but I wouldn't want my babies to see the covers. Yeah. Let so, alone accidentally pick one up. You never know where you're going to end up. <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to do two different shows and they're both in Illinois, funny enough, um, because I can't, I can only drive short distances because of my dis- disability. Uh-huh. So somebody has to drive me around and I can't fly. But like I said before, I don't like road trips. So yeah. I don't, I don't, unless you come to Missouri or Illinois. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's, oh, well, it's not on my list yet, but you never know. Hey, there's SoCon coming up in, uh, what is it? September 9th and 10th Central Illinois Convention. Oh. It's that. I have met some of my best friends at that convention. I started with them when it was tiny at this little, just little like uh, Better Business Bureau. Not better. What is the word I'm looking for? Chamber of Commerce, like hall. And now they take over a mall. Like literally oh, wow. the whole mall is filled with us. Yeah. And they'll bring in, you know, people from TV shows. Um, I can never think of his name, but he was on Supernatural. And then he played Jesse on Fast and the Furious. He was there a few years ago. Um, Santiago Cirillo. He was a character, a secondary character, but still a character on Walking Dead. And he does other things. Um, it's just, then of course you got your ghost hunting shows. You know, uh-huh. so a lot of those guys have been there, but it's, I, yeah, I've made some of my best friends at these conventions. Oh yeah. Cause everybody's there to, to meet people and have fun and have fun. Yeah. And it's, and I always bring my son as a booth buddy because he enjoys it. So we take turns going and walking around and talking to everybody. And then yeah. because we're, you know, vendors, we have our after party. So like we'll do karaoke or have dinner or whatever, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, I love conventions. I just, I don't like to travel. Yeah. I just don't like to travel. But hopefully someday we'll we'll cross paths. <laughs> now, before we go, I need to, I, well, I do, but the listeners would like to know, do you have any websites or newsletters that they can check out or subscribe to? Um, I don't have a newsletter or anything like that. I have a website currently, but I'm going to create a new one. So it might have a different um, address, but it's Dr. Don Menge. My Facebook is Don Menge One. And if you go on my Facebook, I have albums for each of my books and you can see the actual pictures from our trip um, inside that album. I love that. So you can see the sharks and the uh, sea turtles. And, you know, when you go to Kona, we go, they have a seahorse place where they raise seahorses and you can go and learn about the seahorses and then they'll wrap their tails around your finger. We've done that several times. Aww. And so all of that is in there. And my Instagram is Don Menge and my Twitter is Queen Bernita and my publisher is Rushmore Press. So I have a page on their site and you can order my books through there. And they're of course on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, just anywhere online. Um, and so my your books, books are wide. Yeah, good. my books are pre-K to seventh grade. So if someone's not sure what would be a good book for their child, they can send me a message and I'll let them know um, which one would be good for them. You know, Perfect. what level of learning. Perfect. I love that. Just, you know, don't message me because mine are 18 and up. <laughs> message message Dr. Dawn about the children's. I can't help you with the, the rest of them. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking time out of your insane schedule. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I Can I have you back? Certainly. Oh, that's, see, I love agreeable yes. people. I would have be some so of my easier. co-authors on. Um, I just published one um, for with Tucson, Arizona, and my co-author, his name is Kent, and you know we could be on and talk about the one we wrote on Tucson. We're writing one. We're writing one on Death Valley, and this one might be interesting to you. So like 100 years ago, his grandmother took the trip to Death Valley, 
and she wrote a diary. And so I went this year and last year and, and researched Death Valley currently. So we're making it 100 years ago and current. And it's going to be really interesting. I like that. Yeah. I also want your mother Okay. On here because I love that I love that you guys work together. Yeah. She she's not quite good at the the podcasting yet, but um I'll tell her. I'll tell her that you want want on and we can talk it. She loved Wyoming because it was it's the place where oh, I forget the name of it. It's a western that's on TV. I don't watch it, but Yellowstone? Not Yellowstone. There's another one. That's the only one I know about. Uh, but <laughs> The whole town, it's actually based in Buffalo, Wyoming, and oh, it's wow. on Netflix. And so she she loves it. She read all the books. And is it The Ranch? No, it's um, – My uncle was telling me about that oh one. Oh, my gosh. Longmire. Long, oh, okay. 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 So Longmire is actually – the um, author lives there. So we're driving through like Ten Sleep Canyon and stuff, and she's like, the, all these names, they're on the show. They're in the book. And so we get there and we actually stayed like at a place that's in the book. And every morning we had breakfast at the, I think it was the Busy Bee. And that's in the book. And the people, my friends that we met, they were actually, um, her husband was actually working for the author at his house. And she, we had no, no idea that that was part of it. And so she just loved that because she just loved the show. So, you know, well, it's she, like being inside the show. Yeah, it was it was really neat for her. I I don't watch Longmire, so you know I don't know, but it was it was really interesting for her. And so yeah, you know, and she's great at remembering where we've been because most of my adventures she's been there, and I can't remember where I went or what I was doing. And she she knows exactly. So she, you know, yeah, we'll have her on, and she can tell you, and the. Magical Christmas Train Run was like her favorite, her favorite book. I want to go on the Polar Express. I'm a total Christmas freak. I haven't done, but I have no small kids in my house. So it'd be kind of weird for me to go by myself. We had 70 year olds to, I think my grandson might've been two. So we, there was like 19 of us. So there was a wide range and most of us were adults. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I don't feel so bad now. No, oh, no, no. You got to go on there yeah. and have hot chocolate with Santa Claus and cookies yes. and sing Christmas carols. And um, it was a lot of fun. And the train ride I had a really hot chocolate bar. I had a hot chocolate bar this year and nobody came to my house for Christmas. <laughs> Probably my husband. Nobody came to my house for Christmas, but I still, you know, indulged quite a bit on that. I still decorated. I'm glad we didn't get together for Christmas, though, because we all got COVID. Six of us got together for Christmas Eve and four of us got COVID. My husband and I for New Year's Eve got the phone call like eight in the morning and I looked over. I'm like, Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we got it over Christmas, too, right, right before Christmas. So, oh. Yeah. And we get, luckily we didn't have whatever that huge that, you know, was like taking people's lives. Ours, yeah. I described it as like a really severe, miserable head cold. Yeah. You know, we had no energy. We slept. Oh, we slept so much. Yeah, I it, didn't even it, know it was possible it to sleep that much. People differently. I have a, yeah. I have a student and he, he's had it three times since Christmas and. Oh my God. My sister's a nurse at a school. So she sees it a lot. Yeah. 
Dawn, I cannot wait to have you back on again. I apologize, Dr. Dawn, because <laughs> after all that education, you deserve that title. So I will contact you and we'll have you back on, especially with your mother, please. Okay. Yes. Just all right. Know. Thank yeah. you so much for, for being here. Well, thank you for having me and have a good rest of the day. You too. Bye, y'all. Bye.